whether it is a uh, group that you've been assigned uh, in, in your workplace, uh, whether it's a church group, a neighborhood group, or any group, and you know, you've been assigned to be a leader, or you've emerged as the leader, what is it that you're actually trying to accomplish? Because at the end of the day, it's about results. This is the L3 Leadership Podcast, episode number 135. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the L3 Leadership Podcast. My name is Doug Smith, and I am the founder of L3 Leadership. In this episode, you're going to get to hear Bill Evanson, who is the Senior Vice President and Senior Corporate Director at Pocket Nurse, share on becoming an effective leader. It was a talk that he gave at one of our leadership breakfast events, and he did a phenomenal job. A few things before we jump into Bill's talk, though. If you're new to this podcast, please know that we're committed to bringing you three or four episodes every single month to help you grow to your leadership skills. And so we hope that you'll subscribe and take the journey with us. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, we'd really appreciate it if you would leave a rating review on iTunes. It really does make a difference. I want to thank our sponsor, Henny Jewelers. They are a jeweler owned by my friend and mentor, John Henny. My wife, Laura, and I actually got our engagement and wedding rings at Henny Jewelers, and they're just incredible. What I really love about them is not only do they have great jewelry, but they also invest in people, and they care a ton about people. Actually, John gave Laura and I a book to help us prepare for our marriage, and he's also been investing in me as a leader, as a husband, and as a dad now for quite a a number of years, and I'm just so appreciative of him. They're a family-owned business and they're incredible. So if you're in need of a good jeweler, check out hennyjewelers.com. Well, let's jump into Bill's talk on becoming an effective leader. Here's what you need to know about Bill Evanson. He is the Senior Corporate Director of Pocket Nurse. He's been running that the day-to-day operations of Pocket Nurse for the past five or six years and uh, has taken the organization to an entirely new level. He's a phenomenal leader who gets results. He spent 35 years in supply chain management working for Eastman Kodak, um, and that job took him all over the world. And what I really love about Bill is not only is he a leader that get results, but he also does an incredible job of building trust with his employees. I had the opportunity to spend a a few hours with him at Pocket Nurse and toured his facilities. And when we walked around, what really impressed me was he knew every employee by name. He knew about their families. He knew about their personal life. And it was very clear to me that he built a culture of trust and he built a culture that brought the best out of people and made the best out of people. And so that's what I really love about Bill. And in his talk, he'll talk a little bit about how he formed that team and how he leads his company day to day. So enjoy this talk by Bill Evanson on becoming an effective leader. First of all, good morning. Oh, let's try that again, people. Good morning. All right. Very, very good. I'd like to thank Doug for the uh, very warm and generous uh, introduction. And I'd like to thank each and every one of you for taking time out of your weekend, your Saturday, to uh, engage in what I hope is going to be an interactive and collaborative discussion about a subject that's incredibly important to me and one that I love, and that is the leadership journey. What you may notice on my top, on my uh, intro sheet, I don't have a subject. And there's a reason for that. As I began to think about what the subject matter is, which is always the most important first step in preparing for a presentation and for a dialogue. It, it really, it, I sort of hung out there for a while trying to think of what was the best way to make sure that I was going to have something that you might find to be both useful and worthy of your time. So, in fact, 
I went through a process, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But for, this, for, the, for the moment, I'm going to hold back on what the subject matter is for today. So first, what I'd like to do is get the PowerPoint right. Ah, here we go. Okay, a couple of thoughts for the day to get us started. First of all, from Professor Warren G. Bennis. He was a uh, leadership consultant and professor in the 80s. He did some consulting with Ford, uh, General Motors, and actually was a personal friend of Lee Iacocca, named from out of the past, but a man who took uh, Chrysler Motors and resurrected the Phoenix from the ashes. And what he said is leaders are people who do the right thing. Managers, on the other hand, are people who do things right. And again, a little bit of a concept, just sort of some ground leveling. There is a difference, and I think you, you all know it, there's a difference between a leader and a manager. The analogy that I might make is the captain of a ship. The captain of the ship is the person who is setting direction. He says to the navigator, I want the ship to go north. I think there's storms, uh, and I think if we go north, we're going to be able to not, in, uh, not get into those, those particular storms. The navigator sets the course and drives north. The ship heads straight into the storm. Now, that's not the navigator's fault. The navigator executed on what he was told to do. That's management. That's what a manager does versus the captain of the ship, or the leader, if you will, who has set that direction. So something to think about. Number two, Dwight D. Eisenhower, general and hero of World War II on D-Day, president 1952 to 1960. Leadership is the art of getting others to do something you want done because they want to do it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that this morning because, again, this is a very important aspect of leadership. Leader, somebody can hand you the baton and say, okay, you're, leader, you're the leader of the group. And the group says, I don't want to do this. I got no interest in this at all. But the leader and part of the leadership responsibilities is, in fact, to get that, to get that energy going and convince that group, build that group into perhaps a team such that they want to accomplish what you set out. So a thought process there. Oops, let's try that again. Very slow. There we go. Now a theme for today. Leaders who deliver quality follow a quality leadership process. All good leaders have some sort of a process. Doesn't make any difference what, and there, there are many types of QLPs, quality leadership processes. There's many ways that you can pick a process. But for me, and what I've, everything that I've read and leaders that I've worked with, they have some sort of a process. For me, particularly, I embrace a QLP assess, plan, do, and verify. No matter what I do, both professionally and personally, my mind is always set to make an assessment of the situation, develop my plan, then execute it, and then the most important step, which many leaders and many people fail to do, is verify. Did you accomplish what you set out to do? 
And if you were going to do it again, how would you do it differently? Corrective action. That is the basis for any assess, plan, do, verify QLP process. So that's a little bit of the theme for today to, to go together with our thoughts. Now, in that same vein, let's go back to my subject for the day. How did I get there? Well, I used assess, plan, and now I'm going to do and verify. What I did was, and Doug was very, very helpful, I went and I took a look at some of your past subjects. You've had some amazing leaders, great speakers. So I went back and I looked at all of the speakers that you had, and I sort of listed out the things that were talked about. Being an entrepreneur, the journey, purpose, vocation, lessons, all of those types of things. Being a builder, self-awareness. Those were some of the topics. And I looked for a common theme. And that common theme was a lot of the discussion around the attributes of a leader. What is a leader? Then I took, and Doug shared with me, a listing that many of you may have put input to of the things that you were interested in. Those areas in the front, prioritization, mentoring, inspiring, navigating, those were on the list of things that you submitted over the weeks that said, hey, I'm interested in that. So I did my assessment, and I developed a plan. And I looked, and what I found was the theme that I was looking at was there was a tremendous dialogue, many, many subjects on, again, the attributes of a leader. What is a leader? Now, so I chose a subject, the effective leader. And I'm taking a slightly different tack. I'm going to talk a little bit, and hopefully it's worthwhile, not so much about what a leader is, but what does a leader do? What are the results? What are the results that a leader drives, and how do they achieve those results? So we're going to stay away from the attributes. We'll talk a little bit about those, referring to some of those things. But the key that I want to talk about today is the effective leader. How do you be an effective leader? Whether it is a uh, group that you've been assigned uh, in in your workplace, uh, whether it's a church group, a neighborhood group, or any group, and you've been assigned to be a leader, or you've emerged as the leader, what is it that you're actually trying to accomplish? Because at the end of the day, it's about results. That's what we're here for. And and any leader is going to be measured on how successful they are from a results perspective. All right, the transformational leader. Because again, going back to results, a leader is going to take and do something and deliver something. The transformational leader has two responsibilities and two responsibilities only. Every good leader has two goals to maintain. Number one, create, deliver, and inspire a vision of the future goal. Now, that's very, very important. You can establish it. Sometimes you establish it, and sometimes you don't. Four years ago, I had the opportunity to meet a very, very amazing man, an entrepreneur, the owner of a company called Pocket Nurse. Now, I had no idea what this company was all about. 
And I had I was intrigued by the name alone about having nurses in your pocket. But the fact was that Mr. Anthony Battaglia, a registered nurse, an ICU nurse for over 10 years, had built a company that was focused on education and developing products for nursing students in the spirit of simulation. And because what he found was when he was in school, in nursing school, back in 1990, he said, well, the nurse educators were wonderful. But when we got into the practicals, we were ill-prepared. And the example he used was the fact that in those days, nurses, nurse students, they would, how did they do injections? They practice on each other. Or they were handed a needle and an orange, and they practiced on that. And he said, you know what, there's got to be a better way, something that's more real, because when that student nurse becomes a nurse, walks into the hospital, and now it's real, and that's their first day of practice. I sure hope I wasn't that patient. I can guarantee you that. So he began on his journey to develop this company. About four years ago, and he's a very entrepreneurial, very creative individual. That's his, that's his wheelhouse. He and I got together and he said, Bill, I'd like to talk about having you join the, the team because I don't want to run the day-to-day business. For the first time in 20, 21 years, we now have some competition. We now have a, a variety of things that we need to do from a marketing and from a product perspective. I need somebody to, to take my vision, and his vision was, I want this company to go to the next level. And I said, okay, what's the next level mean? And well, he defined it. He defined it that he wanted quality processes, he wanted uh, improvements in customer service, he wanted metrics, he wanted a new technology base. He wanted the operational end of the business to be able to take the company to what he believed, and his vision was, the next level. So for the past four years, he's taken a step to the side and he has focused on new product development and new ideas and new products and new, new types of curriculums for the nurse educator, for EMS, uh, for pharmacy technicians. And my responsibility was to take the, the company and bring together the vision I was handed. So I didn't create the vision. And by the way, any leader may, in fact, create a vision or be handed one. And they take that vision and inspire, bring the team together, a group of people, you bring the team together in order to achieve that future goal. Good example. And although this is probably not the right audience for this example, I happen to have my lovely wife here today who happens to be originally from Boston. So let's take the New England Patriots. Ooh, okay. And Mr. Belichick and Brady, they had a vision. Their vision was to win multiple Super Bowls and to be crowned to have the most Super Bowls and all of those types of achievements and trophies and rings and so forth. They took that vision, those were the two leaders of the team, to bring that team together and make it into a team that could be successful. 
first, first step of leadership. Second, and that's what we talk, began to talk about, is build and coach a team to achieve the vision. How many times have you gone into a meeting where you, in your workplace, bring a group of people together, and I underline the word group, and somebody says to you, hey, by the way, this is now the accounting team, or this is now the quality improvement team, and now here's what I want you all to do. Now, that doesn't make you a team. You all know it. You come out of that meeting and go, that's really dumb. Okay? This really didn't work at all. Whoever, whoever that fellow or ever that, that lady was, the manager who said, this is what I want you to do, they haven't defined and they haven't brought the group together to work together as a team, to inspire them, to get them motivated. One of the things, and I, I thank Doug for his comments, he had an opportunity to tour pocket nurse. And Mike and I worked together in the first uh, year or two. Uh, and uh, what I try to do with my folks is I am an MBWA. I manage by walking around. I walk around all day long. That happens to be my style. I walk around. Hey, how's it going? What are you doing? Oh, it's got a problem with that. Because then when I go to the next person, I want to find out why Paul had a problem with it. Because maybe somebody else can add it. Because there's always the opportunity to put the pieces of the puzzle together. And by the way, it's a puzzle. So I start at one end of the building. And the greatest gift I got was Christmas was the Fitbit. Because now I, I don't have any problem doing 10,000 steps a day. Which is always better, you know, in, from a health perspective. And we have a very interesting company. Um, we believe in collaboration, and we believe that every person in the company is an equal member of the team. And one of the ways we did that to, to really to reinforce to every individual, whether you're a member of housekeeping or you're in senior management or you're a director of accounting or marketing, every person shares in the quarterly incentive pay program from me all the way down to my housekeeping team. So everybody's got skin in the game in an equal fashion. And that has really helped to bring the team together because the words and the music have to be, they have to fit. When you get up there and you talk about it and you say to people, you know what? Uh, we're all members of the team together. Uh, my wife will tell you that on a particular, we don't work too many Saturdays. We're a Monday through Friday company. There's not too many nurse educators that have an, that need an emergency shipment of artificial blood on Saturday. Okay? One of our products. We make artificial, uh, everything that we make is for simulation use. So we, we, we're a Monday through Friday company. Very intense Monday through Friday. Occasionally we work a Saturday. <laughs> You will, you'll find me loading a truck out back because I started in, in warehousing many years ago. And, you know, it's a good feeling uh, every once in a while. I kind of see what everybody else is doing. So I grab boxes and throw them on the truck. And again, we're all part of the same team. And, when you, and if you believe that and you get them to believe it and know that it's true, the world is, is in front of you. Okay? So the transformational leader. Let's talk about an inspiring vision and goal. It's got to be compelling and convincing. I think you all know that. But you have to set something out there. 
compelling and convincing. Belichick and Brady, let's win the Super Bowl. That's compelling. Okay, that's convincing if you believe it. It's got to have a firm direction and clear priorities. How many times have you been in a group, neighborhood, church, business, and everybody's like, okay, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to do this, and then it goes off into the weeds, and, you know, i got a problem with this, and you're, you don't, you've got to set the priorities. You've got to set the direction and make sure that everybody stays on course. One of the biggest challenges I have is working for an entrepreneur. Make no mistake. I pulled together in the first year a, all of the group of people together, which had uh, both directors and managers and representatives from each department. And we went off to a, a, a big room down at the hotel down the street, Manaka, and we all got together and we put together a strategic framework. We had, then we took that strategic framework and we put our objectives and our goals. And I said, if it's not on this piece of paper, we're not going to do it. Three days later, my boss says, well, I want to do this program. <laughs> it's not on the list, boss. Okay? It's not on the list, and we're not going to do it. I don't understand. I own the company. I should be able to tell you what to do. But again, you've got to try as best as you can to stay the course. How easy is it? How many of you have been with groups, with teams, that don't stay the course? You get off, and then everybody gets disenfranchised. It happens all the time. So again, and finally, the motivation part. Motivation, actually, to me, has always been the, the easiest part. Because I believe that if you convince people, and people really begin to understand, 99% of the time, hard work does convert into results. Hard work will become results if you've got a firm direction and clear priorities. And when that happens, results equal reward. And reward, we all know, can be reinforcement, uh, can come in many ways. How many times a day with a group or people you're working with do you go up to a person and say, thank you? Hey, I really appreciate what you did today. I know that it was a problem. I know that it was a challenge. And when you do that, if that's something that you do, remember the old adage of SSIP. If you're going to say thank you, it's got to be sincere. It's got to be specific. It's got to be immediate. And it's got to be personal. So that people know that you believe what you're saying. Many years ago, I worked in the manufacturing facilities of Eastman Kodak. And those days, I was, I was assigned the opportunity to take the foreman and bring them into it to get together and teach them a little bit about quality and teach them a little bit about trying to get their employees engaged, these folks on the floor. And I had this one fellow, his name was, uh, his name was Tom Snyder, big cigar-smoking ex-Marine. I mean, he was just, he was just, just. Okay, he was hard as nails, and he was, he'd, he'd walk down and everybody quiver. And I said, now, Tom, think about this way. Every once in a while, it doesn't, you don't have to go buy them dinner, but why don't you take somebody and say, hey, by the way, you really did a great job. How about if I get you a cup of coffee? 
And he looked at me and he goes, okay. Next day he came in with a roll of quarters. And he went around down the line and said, buy yourself a cup of coffee. <laughs> okay, absolutely true story. And, it didn't, and everybody's like, why is he buying me coffee? And why is he giving me a quarter? Okay, people are different. But again, motivation is important. Motivate and make sure you've got common goals. We try, we try at Pocket Nurse, and, and I believe one of the reasons that I returned to the Northeast, uh, my career has taken me from upstate New York in Rochester, where I was born and raised, and I've lived in five cities in the United States and 13 countries. I wanted to see the world, and I did. Not too many places I haven't been. And was working in Dallas, and then come, came back to Atlanta and doing some consulting. I really didn't have a plan to come back to western Pennsylvania. Beautiful place, love it, just didn't really have that plan. But this company is so intriguing. As a matter of fact, when I walked through with Doug and showed them, we have a beautiful facility that, had a, that was built about five years ago. We have an amazing wellness program. We have chair massage lady that comes in once a week and gives chair massages for stress. We have a personal trainer that comes in at noontime because we recognize the, the value of our employees as a total team. We all share in our bonus program together. We all have common goals. I had the lady, her name is Patricia. Michael knows her well. And Patty came up to me one day and she said, Bill, she said, I got a question for you. And I said, sure. She said, you just went on a trip. I said, yep, visited a customer out in California. And she said, can I ask you a question? How much did it cost? I said, well, plane ticket, hotel. What hotel did you stay in? And I said, well, we stayed in a Marriott. I was with Anthony, and he, he likes the Marriott. Well, you could have stayed somebody, someplace less expensive, and that would have impacted our bonus, wouldn't it? And she's right. Again, every person believes and knows, more important that they believe, they know that they have skin in the game, that they make a difference, that they have a responsibility to deliver, and if they do a good job, no matter what their job is, the company will succeed. Building a team, establishing collaborative relationships. And that is a very important, very important point because how many times have you been brought into a room? And again, I know everybody has. You've been brought into a room, you went to a meeting, and all of a sudden it's like, I don't know these people. This person's got that agenda. I'm representing accounting or customer service or marketing. And you know what? I've got to make sure that I get my two cents in. But again, if you don't establish that collaborative relationship, more than likely you're going to fail. Um, choosing the right people, defining the roles and matching profiles. And that's, this is something that most and all of us as leaders need to keep in front of ourselves all the time. I'll use an example. In terms of defining and choosing the right people and understanding who the people are. In 1981, the Los Angeles Dodgers play, met the New York Yankees for the third time in five years. For the third time, they met the New York Yankees in the World Series. 
The first two outings, the Dodgers were thrashed mercilessly. And then in 1981, in Dodger Stadium, they lost the first two games. Looked like history was going to repeat itself without question. No, no doubt about it. People turned the TV set off. They came back. The Dodgers came back and won four straight and took the series. Their manager, a very interesting character to say the least, a guy by the name of Tommy Lasorda, Tommy was interviewed. And they said, hey, Tommy, what, what's the secret? Well, you know, what, how did you bring this, this, how did you get the team? And he said, you know, I understand that we have three kinds of players on my team. I have the ones that are smart players. They know the game. They understand. They can seem to be able to know and anticipate when somebody's going to steal a base or they're going to try to bunt. These people are incredibly smart, and they just happen. They end up being in the right place at the right time because they have predicted what's going to happen. And, yep, and the second one. How about the second one? He says, well, the second type of player is the amazing athlete. Doesn't necessarily have to know the game that well, but just can do everything. Can run faster than anybody else, hit better, and they just simply, they're, they're, they're winners. They're driven to succeed, and they will press themselves and press their bodies to do whatever is necessary to win. And he goes, okay, and then how about the third? And he said, the third one, they may not be that smart. They may not be the best athlete. They just hit the heck out of the ball. They just get in there, dig their heels in, and boom, it's gone. The key, though, that what Tommy was trying to say was that choosing the members of your team and making sure that you have got the right people on the team is critically, critically important. Take a a, uh, thought process and maybe think about this for a minute. You go back to the places in your workplace. How many times have you been involved where a new employee comes on and you think to yourself, who in the heck figured this one out? Okay, the, 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 the laughter tells me, yep, you've been there. Okay, and again, it's about choosing the right people because not everybody is right for, the, for, this, for each team. At Pocket Nurse and in companies that I've worked with before, I don't interview anybody. The team, the sub-team where that individual is going to work, they do the interview process, always. I meet them on day one. I let those people look through the resumes. I look through the, we look through them sometimes together. We write up a job description. What does that individual need to do to be successful? What does that individual need to do to be able to blend in and be part of the team? And then we go through the interview process. And the candidates come in. They sit with a group of people. And they and the vote of the team is very, very heavily weighted. Yet another thing that we do as part of that is we've embraced predictive index. It's a very short process. And predictive index... I can tell you right through me, if we do the predictive index process where all of the people involved in the hiring process fill out the form online and it comes up and it says, okay, this is the type of person that will be most successful. 
This is the type of person. This one might be more creative. This one is more analytical. This one is, uh, is really not a people person, and so on and so on and so forth. And then we have all of our candidates do predictive index. And I can tell you that if the predictive indexes aren't close, we don't hire. Because it, the, prob- the probability, the statistical probability of failure is incredibly high. There is no point in hiring someone, regardless of their talents or the fact that they want a job, there is no point in hiring them to be an analytical person if their predictive index says they need to move around uh, at least uh, 30 minutes every hour. They need, to, they need to be on their feet. They need to be interacting with people. Likewise, you don't put a customer, you don't hire a customer service person who really doesn't really like to talk to people. And how many times have we done that? Okay, so something there to think about. And again, driving results, the transformational leader, getting those results by setting your vision and then building your team or being part of the team and being part of that team and assisting to make sure that you've got the right priorities in the right direction. Okay, how did I do? Oh, well, I did pretty well. My wife would tell you that uh, uh, there are times when uh, I would use the word verbose, and she would say, you just talk too much. (laughs) Okay, but anyways, let's talk a little bit about the summary. Leadership and leaders are not the same. I hope that's one of your takeaways today, that if you want to become a good leader, Yes, you need all of those talents. You need all of the different attributes and develop those attributes. But the, the leader is the person who delivers results. And leaders do. That's what leaders do. You don't sit, you don't sit up on, on a pedestal and say to yourself, okay, well, I'm the leader. Okay. Okay, go. It doesn't work that way. They do things. They get it accomplished. They roll up their sleeves they get down into the weeds when necessary and come out of the weeds when it's not necessary. Everybody has opportunities. That's one of my major flaws. I love the weeds. I love them. I get down in the weeds and I have you, my, my, other court, my other colleagues, the other directors will say, Bill, get out. You're in the, you're, it's not where you need to be. Okay? You know, I... Every once in a while, I like to take phone calls from customers <laughs> and talk to them and do all those kinds of good things just to see how the things are going. But then I, it's like candy. You get, get hooked up on it. I'll take 20 calls. They'll say, go back to your office. <laughs> okay? So build your team. The bottom line, managers deliver. And let's go right back to our, our discussion at the beginning about managers and leaders to end it with this. Managers deliver short-term results. That's what managers do. And every structure, every team, every organization, you do need a manager because you're focused on some of the short-term stuff. I need to make sure that I've handled all the phone calls, that I've got the team that's in place to build, do the billings uh, during the course of the day. All of those things are short-term, and the managers do that. They execute. The effective leader delivers exciting results. They deliver permanent change that you can sustain and with continued success. 
And that is an, an, a very important thing because, again, what you want to put in place, you want it to last into the future so that those results continue and the success moves on. So I thank you for your time. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Bill's talk. You can find ways to connect with him at l3leadership.org forward slash episode 135. A few announcements before we close out. We recently introduced L3 Leadership Membership. That's right. You can now become a member of L3 Leadership. For just $25 a month, you'll get into our breakfast events for free. You'll get a free L3 Leadership t-shirt. You'll get access to joining a mastermind group, access to our member-only site filled with extra content resources and courses to help your leadership go to the next level. If you want to learn more about membership, go to l3leadership.org forward slash membership. And as always, when you go to our website, if you want to stay in touch with us and everything we're doing here at L3 Leadership, you can sign up for our email list and you'll get a free copy of my ebook, Making the Most of Mentoring. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe and leave a rating and review. It really does make a difference and helps us spread the word. And as always, I love to close with a quote and someone I quote very often is Gerald Brooks. And Gerald Brooks said this. He said, I would rather lose and keep my character than win and compromise it. I love that. I would rather lose and keep my character than to win and compromise it. Thanks for listening and being a part of L3 Leadership. Laura and I appreciate you so much, and we'll talk to you next episode. 